Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 103, Let the Melody Take You Away. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Jackson as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad, Alex. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, and you know, getting through past the 100th episode and just getting more and more interviews in is a pretty good feeling. And today I have two interviews with two producers, so yeah, it's production day. <laughs> good to hear. Congratulations. That's awesome. 100 episodes. Wow. Yeah, it just felt like it was yesterday I started, but really it was a week ago. So I recorded 100 episodes in one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Completely doable, right? But today is not about <laughs> that impossible task. Today is all about you. But before we jump into the topic of today, who is Jackson? Hi, my name is Jackson. Um, I also come from around the same area as Alex. I actually met him at the gym with uh, Raiden, who was on your parkour episode. What number was that? Oh, (laughs) 60-something. I I think it was (laughs) 60-something. Okay. Um, So basically, uh, I'm a music producer. Um, I produce, I songwrite, I sing. I don't really rap much. I'm not a big rap guy, but... Yeah, I'm not really one for playing a lot of instruments. I just kind of like do a lot of online production, I guess. I think um, I'd like to get into music production in terms of like playing keyboard and playing instruments. But as for now, I'm just a music producer and I pretty much just make a bunch of songs from scratch. That's all I can really think to describe myself right now. Kind of came unprepared. And you're also pretty good at parkour, correct? <laughs> yes, that as well. Some might say that. I don't know. I, I was initially thinking of talking about that instead, but then I was like, oh, Ray's already talked about that. So, well, you know, I think you're good. You're a lot better than me. I'm just like a fumbling thumbelina. <laughs> so, but it's not about that. You're right. Today is all about the music production aspect. But before we go into the topic, do you have any social media links or websites or projects you're working on that people can come check out? Absolutely. Um, I have an Instagram. Uh, I go by Jackson Murphy PK. That's where I post all my parkour stuff. And then I just do some music updates. But most of my music can be found at bitter.soda on all platforms. So that's the artist name that I go by, whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, anything you want to check out. I'm actually, I mean, like, I guess this podcast will come out a lot later, but I'm releasing <laughs> a lot of new stuff like in the next week or so. So definitely be on the lookout. By the time this comes out, it'll all be out. So just give it a look if you want to. It's cool. Yeah. By the time this is out, it's going to come out in a few months. So uh, you'll have maybe even more music to listen to. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) There we go. Excellent. What? So you say you do music production and how did you actually get introduced to that? Did you just stumble upon it or did you have a friend that did it and you're like, cool, I'd like to give it a try or somebody in the family that does music production? Um, I guess it's kind of interesting because um, I... I originally started because I was, I think it was in 2017, I got really into an artist named Joji who makes a lot of like kind of low fidelization music, but it has like a really weird indie kind of, it's a very like vibey kind of sound that's very like garage, I guess. That's that's the only way I can really describe it. And it's very, very cool to me. And ever since then, I think about a year later, I was like, I want to make music that sounds just like this. So I just researched how people actually got started how people started like recording themselves mixing mastering and actually producing their own beats because i had no idea how to get started to do any of that so once i actually looked it up and learned i was like oh i could totally do this if i just put in some time so it was more just like a culmination of getting interested in other artists who did it and being like i want to make music that sounds like that and express myself and my parents are also musicians as well so that definitely influenced a lot of it Oh, that's awesome. Did did, like your parents help you out with your like music idea, creative process or they're they're just like really supportive? Like you do your own thing. Music is for themselves, like for yourself. You got to just do your own thing. Yeah, I think it's kind of a it's a mixture of both because 
my dad has taught me a lot of lessons. Like, um, I think the first day that I really started trying to produce, I was really impatient because I, I didn't know what to do at all. And he just kind of told me that I have to be scrappy and just like, just experiment, throw things on the wall and wait till something sticks. And eventually it'll just kind of come to a conclusion of what works for you and what doesn't. And so I've learned to be a little bit more creative and a little bit more experimental before I just jump to any conclusions. And my mom's a really good singer. So I just kind of like I aspire to be like her, but I don't think I'm anywhere near on the level that she is. So I guess it's just kind of cool because they're both really good at what they do. My dad plays a lot of instruments, particularly guitar. So I was just like, hey, I want to do what you guys do, but you guys are way better than me. So I guess it's a good push to try and work really hard to be as good as them. Did you ever create something with them? No, I have not actually. It's always been up for conversation, but at the same time right now, I'm kind of just on my own and working from my own lens, I guess. And do you still own, like, or you have saved somewhere your first ever recorded instrumental or song? I actually do. I remember the exact date. I think it was um, February 11th, 2018 was the first, like, official beat I really made, like, under... Or no, the first official date I made, I think it was December 28th in 2018 was the very first beat I ever made. I think it's called... Uh, it was called like sardines or something. I made it on. I don't. I don't even know. The the. I I just remember I went on iMovie and I drag and dropped kick and snare sounds into like a loop and then just like drag and dropped uh, a sample. So like I didn't know how DAWs work. Uh, you know, like for anyone who doesn't know, a DAW is a digital audio workbench. It's like uh, a Garage Band, Fruity Loops, uh, Ableton, anything like that. I didn't know how those worked, so I just used iMovie by dragging and dropping sounds in and then making like a loop. So it was a the first time I ever made a beat was December 28th, 2018. So that was the first time. Oh, that's awesome. And this is a really odd question because I produce music as well. And yes. when it comes to the production aspect, you, there's a lot of like scrap. There's a lot of stuff you create, right. create and you're like, eh, I don't want to use it. But you always have to give it a name. Is it challenging for you to come up with a name for every instrumental? Or are you just like, all right, today, uh, you know what? Cereal Bowl. Yep, that's the name of this beat. That is one of my, honestly, dude, that's an amazing question. Like, I think it's sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it's really hard, but I think the best names always just come from the most random stuff. So like sometimes, sometimes like I'll make like a, a beat or a full song and I'll finish the entire thing and I'll have no idea what to call it or what to, you know, like I don't really know what to depict it as. And then I'll be watching a movie and like a movie character might say a quote that I think is cool. And I'm like, oh, that has to be the name of the song. So it, it, all, it often just comes from when you're not thinking about it. I think when you're thinking like too hard, like, oh, I have to think of a name right now, then it usually doesn't come to you as quickly. It always just comes randomly, I guess. And I, I have to ask, what is your favorite title? Like the one that you're like, ooh, that is a good, and like it just suits the instrumental so well. Ah, oh, dude, that's tough. Um, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, testing me. Um, I don't have a whole lot out right now. I think I have 13 songs officially released. I think my favorite, you know, I'm going to pull up my phone really fast and just <laughs> refer because I, but I definitely have a, I think I have to give it to, I have a song that came out in July of 2019 called Garden Girl. And I feel like it mainly just came because I went outside and I was like gardening with my parents. And I was just like, I saw a flower that I thought looked cool. And I was like, I'm going to make a song that just feels like that flower, like the way it looks. That was literally it. And I just went inside and just the name came immediately. I don't even know. Just, I can't really describe it. That is so cool. I love like just the random little sparks of inspiration. And uh, like, because I'm a music producer as well. So all these questions I've had for myself, I'm going to ask you, does it ever happen to you when you create something, you have a vivid image in your head, like a story being told? That's, that's pretty much all the time. Yeah. I feel like I try to incorporate story writing into my, um, 
into my music because I feel like sometimes it's just more from a personal space. Like it might be like, oh, I'm I just feel like uh, I want to make something that's very personal to me or something that's more emotional or more uh, connected. And other times I'm just like, oh, I just want to mess around and like, oh, I'll make a song about a character who's like a murderer today or something like that, you know? It's it's just like it can it can be completely sporadic. It doesn't have to be like a specific focus all the time, you know. And do, do you tend to like stay in your field of comfort, or do you like to explore new genres? As of recently, I've been exploring a lot of new genres. I feel like I get really impatient and uncomfortable when I'm making a specific type of music, like just one genre for too long. I like to not be limited, I guess. So right now, I've been working on a lot of jazz music because I feel like jazz is kind of. It's it's just all the sounds I like to listen to outside of making my own music. So I want to make it in my music and just make it sound cool, I guess, because often what you listen to is the music you want to make. So it's it's kind of uh, depending on what I listen to. And right now it's jazz. That's all I can really think to say. I love jazz, too. It's like one of those, like, it sometimes it's really sporadic and energetic and sometimes it's relaxed. It's like you just got the perfect balance of everything. Yeah, exactly. So we talked about the actual musical process of you creating music, but you also sing as well, correct? Yes, I do. So what is your singing style? Are you like the the one that's like full energy or softer? Or what's, how would you describe your singing? I, I think that's also a really good question because I feel like I, it's kind of weird because I don't I don't consider myself to be a very good singer, but I feel like I'm able to do, let's just say like I sit down at a desk and I'll do 50 attempts singing one line, then I'll get that one attempt that's that sweet spot and it sounds good enough to actually use it. But then all like if so if I were to go sing it live, it'd be a lot more rough cut, I'd say, because I'm just not that naturally good of a singer. So if anyone's ever heard of like a an artist named like Rex Orange County, for example, I don't know if you have or not, but the point is he has like kind of like a rougher voice that isn't as perfect. Like he doesn't have this, uh, he doesn't have this like perfect Justin Bieber voice or Shawn Mendes voice, but it sounds good because of how rough it is. I guess that's like that kind of lower quality sound, which makes it a lot nicer. Does that kind of make sense? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I guess like Louis Armstrong, he's got that. trees. Ah, yes. yes. like, okay. The raspy yes. kind of okay. voice. I, I, you know what I do enjoy? My wife and I, like, we do enjoy finding singers that, like, oh, it's not like the, I wouldn't say classic, but, like, what we usually tend to see, but it's different. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. And yeah. It, you know what? I, I get you. I get you. Another question I had to you was, and this is a probably a pretty detailed one, if uh, you don't mind me asking, what usually goes into your music production process? Like, when do you start? Like, where do you pull the inspiration? What time do you usually do music? And how long does it take you to complete a project? So all those combined into one. Okay. I think the most appropriate place to start would be what time. I feel like it honestly really depends on, okay, for me, the number one dominating thing or dominating factor when it comes to making music is what season it is. So like if it's typically in the winter or in the late fall, I'll make more like lower quality, so like low fidelity, more grunge sounding stuff that kind of has like a more of a colorless sound to it. But like it's kind of more has like the more indie kind of like rough cut vibe. But then in the spring and summer, because all the colors come out and I just feel a lot more like expressive and colorful, I think my sound becomes a lot more um, direct, a lot more colorful, a lot more bright, more clean cut. So I feel like it just depends on the season as a whole. And then for timing, I like to produce string. I think I, I think at night I often make a lot more sad stuff, which makes sense. And then in the, the day I like to make a lot more like exciting, bright stuff that has more of a a loud and happy vibe, I guess. I think it's pretty obvious, but <laughs> like nothing unique there. I don't know about you, but like I tend sometimes to like when I do it at night, I lose so much focus. But when I say I lose focus, like I tend to focus less and I create the most beautiful things. 
because I'm not trying to find yeah. the perfect note. And I'm just like, oh, okay, half asleep. Oh, yeah, that, sure. Yeah, that, that works. And I come back next morning and I'm like, did I do that? Whoa. Yeah, exactly. Like, whoa. Yeah, like, no, I completely agree. That's like, that's such a good point because I feel like sometimes you often create the weirdest stuff when you're in like the weirdest moods. Like sometimes I'll just be like really, really moody or impatient or just down <laughs> as a whole. And then I'm just like, oh my God, I'm not in the mood to make music. And then I'll just make something really, really, really good. And I'm like, oh, I guess that paid off. I don't know. Like it just, <laughs> things just, the pieces just fall together really well sometimes. And uh, talking about falling pieces together, um, do you build your lyrics around your instrumentals or your instrumentals around your lyrics? That was a cool transition, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Typically, I like to start with the beat first because I feel like um, whenever you create the beat first, it's almost like you're raising it up from just like a sound, like a kick or a snare to like hi-hats or whatever, all the way into this full grand instrumental. It's almost like raising a kid and then getting to know them every single like little piece of the way you put something in. And then once they're like, once the beat is completely finished, I'm like, okay, I know exactly how I feel about it. I kind of know what emotions I felt through the process of creating this beat. And now I know exactly what I want to say over it. Sometimes I don't know exactly what, but typically, like having the beat done first gives you an emotion because if you make like a really you know sad beat you're not gonna obviously be like oh like let's put the happiest thing i've ever thought right over top of this it's not like your first instinct so typically depending on your beats emotion that's what will drive you to write certain lyrics so mm -hmm. i guess oh my i feel like i'm spewing out vocabulary diary right now i have no idea how to word this properly no, anyways no, no you did it perfectly man it's your episode you can say whatever you want however you want it yeah exactly thank you <laughs> And so we talked about you do this all at home, but we haven't really touched what kind of tools or equipment or software you use. So for myself, I use an MPK 25 and I use FL Studio, but I'm sure you use maybe something similar or different. So what is in your studio? Okay. So um, I kind of have like a, we had like a guest room that was in the basement of our house and it's kind of like a, it's been turned into a studio, I guess. And the main things I have in here that I really use a lot are I have a keyboard that I've like, I know how to play keyboard to some extent. But like not to a point where like I could go and perform keyboard like and that be my main show because I'm not that good. But I know how to incorporate it into my music and use it for certain sounds. Um, and then besides the keyboard, I pretty much have like, you know, random other, other accessories like a ukulele or something that I can kind of play. But then the main thing is I have a MacBook. And funny enough, my production is all done. And before you judge, <laughs> I use GarageBand. Which sounds funny because I think a lot of people off the bat are kind of like, oh, you know, like it's GarageBand. It probably just sounds like a lot of loopy stuff that you just, you know, that just sounds super auto-generated and whatever. But I found it about GarageBand because I think, as mentioned earlier, one of my favorite artists, Joji, uses GarageBand like with all of his music. And I think that's how I learned how to start because I was like, how do I start with like making music? I think I'm going to need like, this expensive software. I need to pay for like all this, this, that. And then I found out that like my favorite artist uses like the most basic and free software to like make stuff and at the end of the day they're all kind of the same because you're just dragging and dropping sounds in. you're just dragging a kick and you're dragging a snare and you're dragging like a sample in, and then you like add some effects to it it's pretty straightforward so yeah i guess that to answer your question i don't have that much i just have like a daw and a keyboard and a ukulele and whatever else you know well you know what it's what i've heard in the past when i was starting off music production is that you know back then you're trying to figure out what is the best program to use do i have to use this do I have to yes. use the most expensive one get the latest keyboard latest software and all that and then yeah i saw somebody say it's not what you have it's how you use it 
Exactly. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people get caught up in like the idea that you need a specific software, especially for making a kind of music. Like I've heard certain people go like, oh, well, I make like a lot of EDM music, so I need to get like Fruity Loops or whatever. Or I make a lot of like like rap instrumentals. I need to get Ableton. And at the end of the day, it just kind of comes down to which you start with, because the moment you pick one of them, which it doesn't matter which you pick, and then you really start to do more and more and more with it, eventually you become very comfortable with it. And then you know exactly like every in and out of it and how to work around all the little details and make certain sounds sound a certain way. And if that makes sense, you know, you just kind of get used to it after a lot of time of using it. Exactly. Like in the podcast world, everybody's saying, oh, you need to get the Shure SM7B or something like that. It's like a $500, (laughs) $500 mic. No, you don't. You don't need a $500 mic to do a podcast. You don't need a $500 mic to produce music, to sing. Like no. you, there's so many resources out there and you know, you just gotta do some research. <laughs> Not you per se, but I'm, yeah, exactly. To be fair, your, your setup is really cool. Like I've seen pictures of your setup and it looks really awesome. I just got, I just wanted to say that. Well, it's because I've been producing music for over 10 years. So over the okay. time, but I'm still using the same uh, audio interface as I started off. So it's probably since 2008 and it still yeah. works fine. Um, the mic, it's just a $100 mic or 120. I have a foam ball around it that I custom made from home. And Nice. Yeah, yeah that's, what that <laughs> that's what it is. I'm not talking into a giant sunball, but uh, yeah, it's worked out. It's just to isolate more of the white noise in the room and yeah. It's not completely necessary, but I have it just in case. Hopefully, it makes the production a little bit better, and it's DIY. For sure, yeah. Now, for you, you know, I've been talking too much about me. Now, for you, what would you say is the best part about writing songs and producing music on a personal and an emotional level? I feel like it's kind of like, um, if I'm being completely honest and, like, you know, just like upfront about everything, I guess it's just like, it's kind of like an escape from the reality around you. And not that I have like a bad reality or anything. It's more that... I just think it's kind of like whenever you make music, it's kind of like you can make this world where, you know, it's, it's, I guess the, I'm trying to like think of a way to describe this. It's pretty hard. It's like, say you're a kid and like, you know, when you close your eyes and everything just kind of like all these like colors and new characters you're thinking of and all these scenarios just start to happen in your head that obviously aren't real, but you know, it's all stuff that you've kind of fantasized about. That's kind of what music to me is like, cause I can kind of just like hop onto the computer and then make any sound that I really want to and express literally anything that I feel or any character, or any emotion or whatever into the sound that I'm making, which is pretty cool. So that way I don't have to like, it's kind of like the kid in me is kind of bursting out when I'm making music because I can just express myself creatively in any way that I'd like to, that I normally couldn't do, I guess. And I guess to follow up with that, this sounds like a really stupid question, but has it ever happened to you if you if you do play video games or watching a movie, you're like, oh, what if I made like a soundtrack that would fit well into here? Like, do you visualize that sometimes? I do all the time. I think it's like, originally I didn't, but then I think there came a time where I was like trying to make like a, a full serious song. And then I ended up just making like this kind of like soft beat that would be like a for like more of a background, I guess, or for like a movie or video game. And I was like, oh, that would work really well in this game or like that would work. I could like use this for the sake of like if I ever made like a film or like a video game, then I could put that into that and it would sound really nice. So I guess, yeah, all the time, like I'll make stuff and I'm like, this could be used for like a film or a video game or whatever. And that'd be cool. 
So uh, for people listening to this podcast, if you're looking for some music for your video game, uh, my dear friend Jackson here, you know, he creates uh, some instrumentals and beats, uh, you know, he, I'm sure he'd like to share it, right? <laughs> now, how are you as my salesman? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. This is a whole promotion for just oh, to cast, just tackle that plug. one video game you want to sell to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Do you prefer to create music alone or with other people? I can't really answer that because I haven't had a really strong opportunity to create music with other people. I feel like I feel like most of the music I've made has been on my own. A lot of the people that I know who make music live like way too far away to actually connect with and then make music with them. And then I think a lot of the people that I know personally who make music don't take it seriously enough to really want to get together and make music, even like just for fun. Like it just doesn't seem like they really want to. So I feel like I just make a lot of music on my own, I guess. I just kind of sit on my own and like just I guess it's easier that way, too, because I can just express myself however I want without somebody saying that's a bad idea or that sucks or I don't really want this in my song. I can just do whatever I'd like. And that works. better. And you can go at your own speed as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I can pace myself. And speaking about going at your own speed, I don't know if I've asked this question, but how long does it usually take you to complete one instrumental or beat? I don't know how you transition these so well. That was <laughs> once again flawless. Um, oh, my. Like, that's... I don't know. Again, like a good question because it varies. I think I think um, some songs like the one that I've been working on recently. I'm not going to say its name because it's not out yet, but it will be out by the time this is out. But anyways, <laughs> it's it, I've been working on it for like the past month, like just like on and off. Like I feel like I keep coming back to it and I keep adding new things and I keep fleshing things out and then I'll like write new stuff to it. Um, so I think. Sometimes it can take anywhere from like a month, I guess. This is the longest I've ever worked on something. And then the fastest I've ever worked on something was, I think I made a really good beat I was really proud of in like three hours. So, and then I was like, I am I love this. I'm putting it out because I, I just think it's good enough. So it really depends on, I don't even, I don't, I don't even know what it depends on, man. I think it just happens and doesn't happen. I don't know. There's like, there's no secret formula to just get it right every time in three hours. It's like, I get, I get what you mean. Like some days like, Oh, you know, I'll come back to it in a month and then sometimes like, oh, three hours done. What did I actually do this? <laughs> yeah, I've been dude. I've been looking for that formula forever. I'm always like, what can I do that? I'll make this like work. Like, what do I have to do to like, keep making consistent beats? And it, there, there is nothing. Honestly, I can't think of any routine or anything. 17 cups of coffee and no sleep for four, five days straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. It's at the cost of sanity. I yeah, guess, exactly. It's like uh, it's worth it. Yeah, <laughs> key, key, key. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. Good. Release it. Publish it. Go, go, go. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> yeah, but it works, man. It's fine. And uh, what was your biggest challenge when you actually first started producing music? Because I'm sure you now, compared to you back then, has different challenges. I think it's the obvious one for most people. It's just patience. It's you're your own enemy when you make music because, like, I feel like whenever you really want to make something really good you have to put a lot of time into it and that's i think something that a lot of people don't want to face because some people just sit down and they just want to hear the end product right away they don't want to hear like every little individual step they have to take to get there so i think the hardest thing for me has always just been making sure that i'm patient enough to sit down through a whole production of music and just be like all right I have to stay cool. I have to not get frustrated. I have to be okay with just starting slowly and then building up to something bigger over time. And that's usually, I guess, the formula for, I guess, what we were talking about earlier, what does work best. But sometimes it's really hard to be patient when you just really want something to sound good and you have this vision, but it isn't working. So that was 100% my biggest challenge starting off. And it still is now. Okay. So you just answered my next question, which was pretty much, what is your current big, biggest challenge? But 
So, but it's, I'm, I feel like it's a lot easier now, even though it is a challenge, you kind of understand the idea yeah. beh- behind it. Yeah. I think one thing that I always think about is the idea that like, um, say I were to be talking to someone or making music with someone who doesn't normally make music, I might make something now that I think is complete trash and I'll never use it, but they might be like, Oh, this sounds really good. Can I use this? And it's the idea that like now my expectations are a lot higher. So when I first started off, my expectations were like obviously high for me at the time, but it might have just been something like, oh, just make a song that sounds listenable to an outside person. And now it's more like like I need to mix it properly. I need to make sure the vocals are like on point. I need to make sure the beat like sounds catchy enough to be what like have some replay value like it, there's a lot more expectations that i'm trying to live up to now and it's only going to get bigger from here on out and on that note of living up to people's expectations do their opinions play a role in your music production or do you like or do you take it to heart or are you just like all right cool but i'll still do my own thing that's a that's another really good question i feel like it's <clears throat> a question i think about a lot because at the end of the day i'd be lying 100 percent if i said like oh i don't care at all what anybody thinks of my music i don't care i'm gonna do what i want and to some extent that's true because i don't like when it comes to my to answer your question i think when i'm producing my own music i never really think like oh i'm gonna make this music sound like this for the sake of pleasing this person but at the end of the day i always you know, you fear that kind of element that people are going to be judging your music constantly. And if you don't make what your crowd wants you to make, then you will get backlash for it. And people are going to get upset and they're going to be like, oh, I wish he was making this or this or this. And it's something you think about, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, I do want to be true to myself and make what I want to make. So that's kind of what I can think of to answer your question. That's a good one. And, um, you know, we're getting into a darker realm right now but has producing music ever stressed you out it does it really does i think honestly man last night it did um i was again working on like some of my newest music and sometimes i'm just like i like i'll be working on something for a long time and it's going really 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 well and then i just want to finish it but i can't find a way to do it and then i just get really stressed that the song isn't going to sound good and then i'm like okay i'm going to take a break And then I'll think about it and then I'll come back to it later when I'm in a better mood. And then in that break of time, all I think about is, can I make this sound good? How am I going to make this song, you know, work out? And I feel like it's, it's really easy to get caught up in the stress of making good music because you want your stuff to sound really good. And you, I guess I worry a lot of whether or not it is going to sound good. And sometimes it only just takes like a moment to step away and do something else. And actually speaking of which, when you do get stressed, what do you tend to do to try to relax? Do you keep doing it or do you like step away, eat food, relax, work out? Or what's your go-to to just de-stress? Yeah, I think one thing I've always been taught by everybody that I've talked to about stuff like this, particularly my parents, is that you want to find like, you know, you don't want to just limit yourself to one creative activity or one art form, because let's just say I were to only make music. That means that when I get stressed with music and when I get nervous about it and I just don't I'm not in the right mindset to work on it, then I don't really have anything else to go to to kind of relax or ease my stress or express myself with without music. So I feel like I try to do a lot of other things. So like, for example, as we talked about earlier, I do a lot of parkour. So that's like a good way to express myself through movement and make myself feel less stressed. I do a lot of drawing and a lot of writing. So that's kind of one way that like, you know, like, let's just say the music itself isn't working. I do a lot of storyboarding for my music projects, or I'll just draw pictures or like, I'll take pictures. And then I've been trying to get into more reading because I feel like expanding your vocabulary and just hearing other people's experiences is important. So yeah, that's pretty much it. 
Yeah, that's why I have a podcast where I talk to guests every episode about a different topic. So it's fresh. Yeah, there so, you go. <laughs> yeah. So I have to pay attention and I'm always like, all right, I know I don't know what's going to come up in the conversation. I know it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Yeah, you can always learn like from other people. And I hope that I've been fun so far. Oh, you've been amazing, man. And I'm sure Thank everybody you. listening is definitely learning. And, you know, we're just vibing off each other's like mood right now because we're both into music <laughs> production. So I get, true. Yeah, I, get, exactly. I get where you're coming from. And I just love learning from other producers. Absolutely. Yeah. And talking about learning, I know I'm doing these weird segues. What has music production taught you in life? I think, again, it comes down to my patience level as a whole, which is the most important thing. I think it's like it, honestly, now that I have higher expectations, as mentioned earlier, I think it's really important that like with music production, I learned to like not get flustered over like things that are, you know, like undesirable things happening whenever I'm making music. So like say something isn't going the way I want to, I have to teach myself like, okay, just, just don't panic. It's going to be fine. You're going to get through this. Don't get so worried. It's like a minor inconvenience. It won't be a big deal. So I guess music teaches me a lot about just being patient because there is a lot that goes into my music now. And like, there's a lot of detail now that I have to focus on. So that can play into regular life. So like, I'm still in school. So obviously it teaches me when I'm doing like work and maybe I'm not in the mood to do it or maybe I'm having a lot of problems. It just kind of teaches me to ease my stress when going through it. So in a sense, that's, I guess, what it's taught me. Yeah, it kind of just makes you escape reality to a certain point. Like the music, you know, there's no words. You just follow the flow. Yeah, for sure. And what are some misconceptions about people who produce music and sing? When it comes to music production, I think a lot of people kind of think, well, I can't get started because I don't have this equipment. I don't have this. I don't have that. Blah, 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 blah. And I think that's kind of like one of the biggest misconceptions I can think of at the top of my head because, for example, there was this album that came out, I think, in 1980. It's, uh, I think it's called Twilight or something. And it was made by a janitor from some school or something. And he basically produced the entire thing in his basement with a bunch of like random instruments and things he just kind of had laying around. Some of them weren't instruments, like some drums were just like random items he had laying around the room and ended up coming out and being like a really good album so you don't need like all this really expensive equipment and speakers and like all this like these super high-tech computers like if you look at like you know dev mouse he has this huge studio if you don't know how to use all the things in that studio it's useless to you you know you can't use it so i guess that's one thing i can think of it's interesting you say that about using the random objects because i actually interviewed a guy a few episodes ago and he does electronic musicking which is basically just mm -hmm. combining random sounds and different types of sounds together and then music can be made out of anything and it can be made out just one sound can create a whole melody and it's just the expansion of music itself so it's kind of cool like how these episodes are somewhat intertwined and connecting to each other <laughs> that's true yeah there's a lot of connection and flow i think i did see a, was there a podcast recently where someone came on and they're a songwriter i think it was yeah yeah. yeah yeah i think i watched that one yeah it was good so do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in picking up this hobby my first word of advice to anybody i've been doing this for a year now a bit a year and a bit and i think the one thing I've learned over the past year and a half is that when it comes to getting started, I think the thing that most people think is, how do I start this? You know, there's a lot of that goes into it. And how do I, you know, like what programs do I use? What do I have to, what do I have to do? What knowledge do I have to have of music going in? And the answer to that is really, I, at least for me, I don't think you need any sort of musical knowledge going in at all, or you really don't need any sort of like, you know, 
any musical background or anybody musical around you. You just kind of need to find a program. So like, let's just say with me, I use GarageBand, which to me is accessible enough and easy enough to use and navigate that I've taught myself how to use it well and use it against itself, I guess, because it's known to be a pretty easy program. But I know how to use it, I think, to a more advanced degree now. Um, and I think it's just about finding the most accessible thing to you and just getting started in any way possible. It's not about like, oh, it's starting off with everything at your fingertips automatically. You have to build up. So just start with what you have. So I guess I used iMovie to start, which is ridiculous, but it worked and now I'm here making more advanced music, I guess. So just start with whatever is accessible or most, you know, most easy for you to use. And then eventually things will work out and you'll build your way up to a more advanced standpoint, I guess, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And it also allows you to better understand how things work. And then, and then later on, you look back and like, wow, was I able to do that mm. with that? That's cool. Like, it's that creative process. Like, all right, I have an idea in my head. I'm going to do whatever I can to achieve it. Exactly. You learn something new every day when making music. It's crazy. And now for people to learn something new, they can come check you out. And I have to ask this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again here. Where can people find you to learn more about Jackson and his beautiful creations? Okay. Thank you very much. So again, if you want to check out my music um, right now, I'm kind of working on like a mix mash of a bunch of different things. I think I make a lot of different types of genres of music or I experiment with a lot of different types of genres. So at least give something a try. It's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool anyways. You can find me at bitter.soda on pretty much every music platform, with the exception of like a few random ones, but all the big ones like Spotify and Apple Music and whatever else, it's there. And then if you want to, I guess, follow my parkour stuff, Jackson Murphy PK on Instagram. That's perfect. No, no, that's perfect. I'll put all those in the description below so people can come check you out, show some love, show some support, maybe groove to a little bit of your music, you know, just a little dance. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I might do that after this, you know, just groove to it while I edit. Might be hard, you know, one ear music with the other ear podcast, but you know, that's what we have two <laughs> yeah, ears. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And now for the last question, do you have any questions for me about music production or and singing? I don't want to say no. I'll ask you something. Actually, I, that, this is one question that I did not come prepared for. <laughs> I asked this question at the end of every episode of, about that person's hobby. And it really puts me oh, on the really? spot. And even if I don't nothing about it, I'm ready to answer. Okay. Um, when did you start? Like what got you into making music in, in general? And what type of music do you make typically? So I started back in 2008. I started off as a rapper. And then I was, my high school had a lot of musicians and uh one guy was a producer and I'm like, cool, he would produce instrumentals for me and I loved it. I did, I think I did 10 songs with him. And then I'm like, you know what? There's certain sounds in my head I want to create, but I don't want to be like forcing him to be like, oh, well, do this, do this, do this. And I'm like, all right, well. Yeah. And then, uh, okay. then I ended up getting one, uh, MPK, oh, Akai MPK 25 was like a big one because it had like the drum pad and the piano key. And I don't know how to read music or play piano. I'm more of the do, 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 like one key at a time. But it, so it takes me a lot longer to create the music. But, um, I had this idea and like looking back at it now, they're kind of like raggedy and choppy, but it was like, oh, that was my creation. And then I got uh, Cool Edit Pro. I don't know if you know that program. It's a no. It's an old program made for recording audio. I, I, they don't. That's from like 2003. The program, but and <laughs> kind of uh, like Audacity, sort of. Yeah, it's kind of like Audacity, exactly. Okay. And uh, so now I'm using Adobe because I have more experience and I love the settings in there. But anyways, um, 
Yeah, so I used that and then uh, I kept on doing it and doing it. And then by, I think it was like 2010, I was producing my own instrumentals. And when it comes to genre, I started off by doing hip hop. But then I started doing hip hop with some classical music. I love orchestra music, so like scores. And then I did some, I tried dubstep, I tried uh, glitch, and then I did some lo-fi. And uh, yeah, but what I've noticed is that one of my favorite instrumentals or like the instruments is the violin. And actually on that note, yeah, on that note, what is one of your favorite instruments that you keep using in your instrumentals? Like the one that just keeps coming back because you love it so much. Oh my God. It's honestly like not even a question. Um, If you're familiar with the Fender Rhodes, that is 100% like my favorite like instrument of all time. I think it has like the prettiest sound and it also just like... It's it's kind of like I mean it's like a really 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 jazzy keyboard sound and it's really really nice it just kind of flows well and it it really works well in soul and jazz music and I wish I could get one but they're so expensive and they're honestly pretty rare now because they're not like a new instrument by any means you know you hear a lot of like a uh, I think I found out through Ahmed Jamal who's a I think he's a jazz musician I don't remember which uh, like generation he was like which decade he was making music a lot in but. He plays the Fender Rhodes and he's really, really, really good at it. And that's kind of how I got into it. And I was like, this is amazing. So I just sample a lot of that stuff. Actually, speaking about sampling, do you ever like sample music? Because lo-fi sometimes or a lot of times can use samples. Like sometimes when I made my lo-fis, I sampled to have a record collection. And I plug, I plug in my uh, record player to the computer and I look for a specific moment in the record and I sample that. Have you ever done that? So yeah, sampling is something I do a lot in my music. I think sometimes I'll just like make it... Sometimes it's with a piano or keyboard that I have at home, but when it comes to sampling, I do it quite frequently. So as mentioned, I don't have a Fender Rhodes, so I'll sample a lot of Fender Rhodes stuff. The danger with sampling is when you're uploading up like onto like Spotify or Apple Music where you're getting paid to upload that music and pe- when people listen to it, you get paid for it. You have to make sure the samples are either non-copyright or if they are copyright, you kind of have to be very sneaky about it. So you have to make the music very different or alter it or warp it so that it doesn't really get recognized as that sample. So I'd make sure that whenever I sample music, I like really chop it up and warp it and alter it or add any sound like changes to it that make it sound almost unrecognizable to the original sample. Um, but even then, like I try to sample the most obscure as obscure stuff possible because I don't want to get sued for millions of dollars. So yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, to a certain degree, I'm like those people who have like millions of dollars suing the little guy for just trying to be creative. I'm like, really? Right. You got nothing better to yeah. do. Like he's not, he's not making millions out of this. He's just doing this as a hobby and trying to break down his spirit. God damn. Yeah. Like at least let them off with a warning or something. Just be like, oh, don't do that again. Don't like, all right, we're taking you in. You know, that's a thought. That's like this many thousand dollars. I remember I, when I created a song, what I did is I just reached like I, looked at the piano i didn't look at the piano i'm butchering this sentence so what i did is i saw a piano song that i loved and i'm like cool instead of just copying and pasting it and sampling it into my uh music i decided to recreate it on my fruit loops like note by note and i like just going do 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 and then just add a simple beat over it and then i put it up on youtube and then i got uh, copywritten that's awesome yeah but no but i mean you don't want to get copyrighted yeah exactly so then they claimed it and i had to take it down yeah, it sucks. But like the fact that you like, I, that's annoying to me because I feel like the fact that you recreated it is the part that's awesome. I wasn't saying it's awesome that you got copyrighted <laughs> just for clarification. The fact that you got copyrighted sucks because I feel like the, like, I'm, I, like, did you um, label it as a remix or did you say it was like your own creation when you uploaded it? It was my own. Uh, no, I actually, I gave credit to the song. 
I always give credit. That makes, that's strange because usually if you like give that credit, then people are like, oh, you know, like that's, you know, we just gave the credit to remix at that point, whatever. But the fact that like, or like the cover, but like the fact that like they took it down for that is kind of ridiculous. I don't know. The industry sucks. Yep. The world is quite, quite greedy to a certain degree, but then there's good people like you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Alex. And you as well. I wish I had your voice. <laughs> I wish I was still producing music like you. Like I... You know what? I, I got too busy, caught up. I'm not saying I don't, I regret podcasting, but podcasting takes a lot of my time. Maybe, you know what? I sh- I'll take a little break uh, f- during uh, editing and just do a little fiddling around to create some music just to release some stress. And I'm not saying podcasting stresses me out. I'm not saying that. I love podcasting. I love talking. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I just love everything. I'm a very lovable kind of guy. <laughs> Dude, your fans are going to turn on you after saying all that. You got to be careful. Was it? Is it cancel culture? Yeah, cancel culture. Cancel Alex. Yeah, you're going to get canceled, dude. <laughs> Alex is canceled. Alex is over party. Yeah. I'll just start a new podcast called Hobby Time for Your. Yep. Oh, there you go. They'll have no idea. <laughs> no copy written there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Jackson, for coming on and just sharing musical love with me. It was amazing. I just, it felt very nostalgic for me to just go back and talk about this. And it just, it was a bright shine of energy. That's not even a sentence or a saying, but you know what? It's a bright shine of energy. Yes, that's the word I'm using from now I'll on. I'll take it, man. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was a lovely time and I'm happy I could give you that nostalgic experience. It seems like you're having a lot of fun talking about your music, so I'm glad you got to do that. But I had a lot more fun listening to you talking about your music. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. So if you guys want to learn more about Jackson, you can go check him out in the description below. I'll put all the links there and of course, if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at time for your hobby at gmail.com and if you like the podcast and want to leave a review by all means i'm on all platforms and if you know reviews are good they help me grow and of course i'm selling merchandise on redbubble with a time for your hobby logo on a bunch of random stuff and of course i have a patreon if you want to support that uh, you know keep the podcast going if not that's cool i'm still gonna do it you can't stop me or yeah you can't stop <laughs> yeah, me there you go <laughs> So, yeah, thank you very much, Jackson. Oh, no problem. Thank you. I, like, honestly, I had a lot of fun doing this. I was nervous coming in, but it was it was great. I'm not going to lie. I told you. It was like one of those things like you start off nervous and like, ah, and then it goes, oh, yeah. it's a conversation. <laughs> Give Alex five stars. This is a good podcast. Good podcast. A solid five out of seven. <laughs> five out of seven? Is that a thing? It's, a, it's an old meme where... I'll, I'll show it to you later. It's a weird old meme. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, until the next episode... Make some time for your hobby. Take care.